0: listening to the Podcast Advertising Playbook, your resource to better understand and execute successful podcast ad campaigns. Hello, and welcome to the Podcast Advertising Playbook. I'm your host, Heather Osgood, and today I'm joined by Shasta Caparelli. She is the SVP of Media Strategy at Tenuity. Shasta, welcome to the program. Thank you, Heather. So good to be here. So you and I had a chance to meet face-to-face at Podcast Movement in Denver, and we just had such a great conversation that I really wanted to bring you on the show to talk more about what you guys are doing at Tenuity. Can you tell us a little bit about the company and what you guys do?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, Tenuity is a full-service ad agency. So our offering spans paid media, earned and owned media, analytics, creative, uh, and more. And I help lead Nuity's Streaming Plus division. So I essentially manage a team of media buyers in investment strategy, negotiation, execution, specifically in certain channels. So my remit is video, uh, streaming video, linear TV, and then all things audio. And so, of course, comes with that a great deal of digital audio and podcasting.
0: So there are so many different, you know, kind of divisions within that. I'm curious how has podcasting kind of evolved? Cause it's relatively new to your offering to look at podcasts, right?
1: Yeah, I would say it is, it is newer, um, among the channels, but something that we have been working in for a number of years. Um, and actually when I came aboard a couple of years ago, my past experience with audio and podcasting was something that I really wanted to kind of cascade out to the team and, and really work to make us a best-in-class audio agency the way we are in all the other channels that we do. It's been really, really exciting and really interesting because we are so integrated and multi-channel in our approach. And I think podcasting can and does play such a big role for a lot of our clients. You know, we are Um, a performance marketing agency at our core and rounding out our offering with that piece has been phenomenal. It's also um, very, very synergistic with the other channels that we run. So Hmm. love the opportunity to actually take a step back and say, here's how audio works as part of your overall media mix. Here's what we can do in the audio and the podcast space to complement what we're doing on streaming TV, what we're doing in streaming audio, um, or even influencer marketing or search. So definitely an important tool in the toolkit.
0: I feel like that's one of the things that I love most about what you guys are doing, because not that I have anything wrong with agencies that are just focused on podcasting, but... For me, I do feel often like podcasts just get tacked on as almost an afterthought. And what really we're looking for is that integration so that the brand is presented in a way that if i see them on you know a social channel or if i see them you know in video form or what have you and then i hear them on the podcast that all of those pieces feel connected and orchestrated and i think that really just having that ability to touch all of those channels and speak to your clients about how they're interconnected seems like it would be really valuable is that kind of something that you find
1: it is for sure um and i also think it's it's possible to be running all of those channels, but not necessarily in synchrony with each other, right? If you're not planning more holistically, it is tough to get, you know, max value out of any individual campaign. I think early on in my career, I've been at agency side literally my entire professional life. And I quickly realized that the best campaigns really don't happen in a vacuum or in a single channel. So I've always been looking for roles where I could learn and also help inform the strategy in a more integrated way. Um, And I think podcasting is something where we have seen its power as a standalone, of course, (laughs) I've been in in podcasting for a long time. We know that to be true. Um, But we also see the impact that it can have on like a video campaign. And because of our attribution and our measurement approach. We are able to get very, very specific with the types of things that we can observe, and the fact that you know, running on video and audio together, it's like one plus one equals three situation. You know, Mm -hmm. they they are really, really great at reinforcing messaging frequency. Um, We've actually seen that people who get served an impression in streaming video and audio respond like as much as three times higher. response rate than people who only see, for instance, a streaming video impression. So being able to think and plan holistically is huge. And I think it's very, very clear the role that
0: podcasting can play in that overall mix. That is fascinating to me that you see such a bump in the results. Do you think that it has to do with the fact that it's, you know, just connecting the different ways that someone is absorbing the message? Like I think about You know video as being you know like i remember learning about like video is sight sound motion and emotion like you know wrapping all of those things together but then when you have that just reoccurring enforcement essentially of hearing about a brand and really that that level of knowing right it's getting in front of people enough times to have them say oh yeah i've heard of that enough and now i'm gonna make the purchasing decision like what do you think it is that makes it work so well
1: I think, I mean, just effective frequency is certainly part of it. I also feel, especially in the case of host reads, that that is the type of placement that can take you from seeing an ad, maybe seeing an ad a couple of times to actually hearing in a very, you know, custom and personal way um, more about the way that you can use the service or why the product is important and actually taking you from, you um, considering it or being aware of it to like, I understand how this could fit into my life. Mm -hmm. I do to purchase, or I actually am going to go ahead and purchase because my favorite host told me to, right? So Mm -hmm. it's, it is like the format with the longer form creative every ad can be different. It can be very personal. If it's in a podcast that you listen to and are a fan of, it's probably going to be very relevant for your life. And that alone can do wonders to really move someone through the funnel at a quicker pace and a higher pace than maybe just a single channel or creative alone.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So we have been having so many conversations in the podcast space about frequency and frequency capping. And I'm curious, where do you fall in that frequency mix? Because the way that I've always been educated is that somebody needs to hear about your product seven to 10 times before they're really going to make a buying decision. And I understand that if I'm watching a TV show. I don't want to get all 10 impressions in a 30 minute period, right? Like, I'm going to be so over that product that I'm not going to be interested. So, obviously, we need to have those impressions spread out over a longer period of time to really make that product stick, right? Because most of the time, people don't hear an ad once and say, I'm going to go and make a buying decision. They need to hear about it multiple times they need to really the way i look at it is it's almost like you're developing the need in your mind and or maybe you don't have a need for the product and then something happens and all of a sudden you're like wait a minute i know i just heard an ad about that i want to go and search out that product and then hopefully you see the ad again but so i guess what approach do you take to frequency and what do you think works best for clients
1: yeah, um, I I hate to start out with an it depends answer, but sure. I'm, I'm going to. Um, I I really feel like the nature of the product itself is so so impactful for the type of frequency that eventually causes someone to convert. Mm-hmm. I think that actually attribution and measurement are the answer here with okay. instance dynamically served impressions where we can track how many times someone saw or heard an ad before they converted, um, you start to see patterns emerge. And that might look different for a very high consideration, um, expensive product than it does for a service that you're going to implement in your daily life. Or to your point, maybe what you need is to build awareness because there's not a need today, but you want to be top of mind whenever something happens does create the need. Um, So I definitely think that that frequency spread out over time is important, but what we're really looking for at Tenuity and and especially because of our in-house measurement is what are the themes or tests that we can construct to arrive at what that perfect frequency is. And then keep in mind that that frequency within audio is one channel within a greater ecosystem of channels. So measuring how that looks across a campaign is just as important as how does this
0: need to look in podcasting specifically. And that gets us right back to where we kind of began, which is really looking at the integrated approach. And when you're working with an agency like yourself, where you have controls over multiple channels, then you've got all of this visibility into we're running this influencer campaign through social media and we have this streaming video and we have streaming audio and now we're putting in podcasting. So you really have this really complete view of the entire campaign. And and then you also can presumably look at crossover, right? Because the hope is, is that someone isn't just going to hear your podcast ads, but they're going to see you in multiple places. And all of that frequency is built together to you know create the results, which it's back to what you were saying. Like when you take and you add in that audio element, your results are going to increase.
1: Yeah. And I, I mean, overall frequency is a good thing, right? Very, very few of us become a customer after um, one exposure to an ad. But I think the, the really interesting piece is to your point, at what point does that become, you know, oversaturation Mm -hmm. of a listener? I think that there's a lot that we can do to mitigate that first and foremost, you know, standard frequency caps, like really, really nailing how we approach that in podcasting. But even that aside, you know, variation of creative having, having different, you know, like exposures within the mix or reaching someone in a similar environment. Let's say it was, we had a I don't know, a spot in The Bachelor and then they hear it in, in a companion podcast or a recap show, I think variety. And at this point I'm speaking as myself as a consumer mm-hmm. and a listener. Sure. If, if I'm hearing um, the ad multiple times but it's not the same ad every time that goes a long way in just enhancing the overall experience and, and kind of avoiding that like fatigue that we are all
0: um, trying to steer clear of. Yeah, absolutely. I I really think that you hit the nail on the head. To me, creative rotation is key, because it's not that we care that we're hearing an ad for the same company over and over. It's that we care that we're seeing the exact or hearing the exact same ad over and over. And that's where the fatigue comes in. Because I really believe your mind says, oh, I've heard this, check and move on. And instead of like, oh, wait, I heard an ad that was like this for this company, but this messaging is slightly different. And really just, and and it's not even that the messaging is different. The messaging can be identical. It's just the delivery that is different. And that I think is, is really critical. Yeah, absolutely. Do you find that when you guys are putting together podcast ad buys now obviously we've discussed that you're integrating them over you know many different channels your your campaigns but when you're looking at podcasts in particular are there certain rules that you feel like uh, you like to use in terms of perhaps the size of the podcast or how you're structuring your campaigns what are some some principles or practices that you um that you use
1: yeah i think if i had to you know characterize our approach i would say that we are extremely versatile with how we approach the channel. Um, not only do we buy a lot of different podcasts, podcasts of different sizes, but we also buy them a lot of different ways. Um, and I think one thing that I feel very strongly about and that I love about this channel is that I, I really do feel like it can be anything for anyone. It really mm-hmm. comes down to how you approach it. Um, so first and foremost is thinking about our clients' goals. Uh, if they are a performance advertiser, a D2c company with aggressive growth goals, we're going to lean quite a bit more into you know some of our tried and true tactics, you know really, really strong host reads with small to medium sized shows that have really high engagement. Um, we also see a great deal of success with, you know, run of network and audience targeting. But I think that uh, (laughs) that comes with a great deal of responsibility on us as the agency to make sure that the creative is in the right place. It's appropriate for the context um, to your point earlier that the frequency is manageable, but that that efficiency and still getting live in a podcast environment in just a completely different way and and a different fine tactic altogether has been great on the other end of the spectrum if you have you know a large household name brand you have to find you know new audiences in large quantities if you want to move the needle on upper upper frontal kpis so i think what is really exciting is that podcasting is now at the point where you have shows that are reaching people um More than some TV shows do, you know, in terms of quantity and size Mm -hmm. of audience. And our approach to something like that would be much more based around where can we find that incremental reach? How do we keep filling the top of the funnel for this brand um, so that they can keep growing, which is hard to do once you reach a certain point?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you have tactics for your clients based on where they're at and not necessarily just like a boilerplate. this is how we do it because each client is going to have different needs and you know obviously we've been talking a lot about frequency but if you're working with a household name that's a huge brand that everyone is aware of that campaign is going to need to be very different than you know a brand new product or a brand new company that no one has ever heard of similarly a as we had had mentioned before, the type of product that you're selling is really going to dictate the approach as well, because people aren't going to run out and buy a you know, multiple thousand dollar products at the blink of an eye, it's gonna take a different approach than, oh, hey, this is a quick and easy subscription. Just come over and, and we can get you set up for nineteen ninety nine. Like that's just an easier <clears throat> decision to make than this, you know, huge, huge investment. So it sounds like you guys are really looking at the client's needs and approaching it from that perspective.
1: Yeah, definitely. And we were fortunate to work with a lot of different brands who um, have a lot of different goals. And I I talk a lot about how incredibly dynamic podcasting is. I mean, it's a marketing tool where I think more so than any other channel we work in, there are so many individual elements that can dictate their impact, right? You have the ad tech, (laughs) you have the audience composition, the size of the show, the CPM, and then you know creative execution itself can vary so dramatically. And all of these are factors that can influence like the purpose that these buys serve on a campaign. So I like to do a lot of discovery early on with really what an individual brand is trying to accomplish because I am positive we can do it with podcasting. It just really changes our... Um, approach and our
0: planning philosophy, depending on what the end goal is. So I know you guys are a performance agency, and we've talked a lot about how you have metrics to back up the results of a campaign. One of the things I'm really curious about is how do you take how do, how do you separate right so it's like oh well we know that that like you mentioned streaming tv is much more effective three times as effective i think you said if we use podcasting so are we attributing those results to streaming tv or are we attributing them to podcasting so when you look at results on a channel by channel basis how can you be certain that one is performing or do you always just evaluate results across all of the different platforms that you're advertising on
1: Yeah. So a lot of that really comes down to our graph-based attribution and really being able to understand the multiple different touch points at, at which point we, you know, reached a viewer, a listener who eventually came to the site or made a purchase. And fortunately I I would say we like to arrive at a result by many different sources of truth. Okay. Um, because we have the ability to do things like econometric modeling, media mix modeling, understanding, like I said, the different points at which someone was reached in a campaign. Our focus is very much on giving credit where credit is due and being able to really deduplicate results across channels, um, which I think is really important. It keeps it keeps us honest. It, it keeps us, you know, objective in mm-hmm. in how these campaigns perform. And I think that that's really critical, especially because if you do look at a single channel um, on its own, you're almost always going to over attribute what that channel is driving if you don't know what else happened in the marketing
0: mix at the time. Mm-hmm. That I think is so fascinating. I know that I have interviewed people who have worked with multiple channels, you know, um, but I I don't know that we've discussed on the program or talked with an agency of your size and looked at at the mix and and what can be done. And for me, that is so fascinating because we do so often, I think, look at podcasting in a silo and say, like, what is it doing? And to your point, obviously, duplication is, you know, like you want to make sure that you're not attributing a purchase to several different channels and then all of a sudden saying like oh hey look all of our channels are just working fabulously yeah. right, so I mean obviously that's super important to, to consider that, but on the flip side what I I think excites me the most is that you have not only been able to see that podcasting helps elevate the results of a campaign overall, but you've also been able to evaluate that podcast advertising as a standalone medium actually really is very effective. At least that's what I think I'm hearing. So it sounds like based on all of the the tracking, the attribution that you're doing, you're seeing a lot of success with the channel.
1: Absolutely. And um, you said something earlier about upper funnel metrics that just made me think of the, the idea of reaching, you know, new people or, or reaching the people that are unreachable on linear TV or streaming is so interesting to me about podcasting. I mean, there's a lot of great research out there about how many people you could reach that you would not have otherwise gotten your campaign in front of, um, when you leverage podcasting and Something that we have seen and that I love to look at is is just net new people that we reached with a campaign. You know, t- CPA aside, are we actually reaching a meaningful audience that has not seen our our other media? And the answer is always yes. Um, and I think that that is like a uh, really, really important factor that we should be talking about more because um, I recently wrote a blog post about something similar. When we think about full funnel marketing or even performance marketing, you have to be filling the top of the funnel, right? Your performance mm-hmm. marketing only work as hard as the people that are being you know, made aware and, and coming to the site to begin with. You want those true, you know, lower funnel channels to be able to do their job. And you certainly don't want to run out of people to convert. So I think it's really interesting and so encouraging that these campaigns really do continue to, um, bring in people that otherwise would, would potentially not have heard about or seen an ad.
0: Yeah. I love that you brought that up and I feel very passionately about this because I personally, consume far more podcasts than any other medium out there i i just don't spend that much time with other products right and i think that that's the case for a lot of podcast listeners i mean i know that there's research out there and i would love it if i had that statistic at the top of my head and could bring it up right this minute but the reality is is that podcast listeners can be a very unique group of people and to your point it's really important to reach new people with a product message. And, you know, if, you're, if that product message isn't getting to new people and you're just going to the same people over and over again, you're going to reach a point of diminishing returns. And so getting those fresh product, you know, impressions in front of somebody that's never heard about you before is, is really important. Yeah, it absolutely is. So I'm curious, because I know that you mentioned, like, obviously every advertiser, every brand is going to have a different goal. They're going to come in at a different place, but where would you place podcast advertising in the funnel? Because I feel like this is something I hear different responses from, from lots of different people. So what's your take on it? Is it upper or lower?
1: Oh man. (laughs) Um, that is incredibly hard to answer because I really I really do think, like I said, it can do everything. I do feel like that middle and lower funnel are where podcasting today really shines. Um, and actually maybe most in the middle, I mean, mid funnel consideration is a really tricky place to be for a lot of brands. It's like, maybe people know who you are, but you are not, gaining new customers at the rate that you would like to, or your lower funnel marketing worked really well for some time and it's it's losing steam. And I think that area of really building consideration and intent Mm -hmm. is so important. And um it doesn't get talked about a lot. Sometimes I hear just about upper funnel and lower funnel. Mm -hmm. But I do feel like there's an entire, you know, section of the funnel that <laughs> I did kind of miss it just now when I said upper or lower, I didn't say middle. My people, I didn't mean you Heather, but yeah. No, no, I, it's true. Um, and I think it's, it is a, a problem that podcasting is really good at solving a lot having to do with how post reads work. And I, you know, when I started in podcasting embedded host reads was all there, all there was. Um, I'm always going to be a big believer in those. And I think, like I mentioned earlier, this idea of hearing from someone you trust and actually providing different use cases that maybe would not come across with a more, um, a produced ad that's running Mm -hmm. everywhere. Um, being able to say, oh, I, now it clicks for me. Like, I understand why this would work for what I need, not just for what the general public needs or what my demographic needs. It's like that I can see this fitting into my life in a really specific way. And not only can you do that in podcasting, but you can do it in a lot of different contexts with new and different examples every single time. Because if you work with a lot of different shows and you know arm them with enough information to speak compellingly, to the ad, you are going to cover so much ground in terms of talking to like individuals like you and I about why the brand is important and what it can do. And I think that really moves people from being aware that something exists and maybe have even thought about it to saying like, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And and then maybe a podcast converts them, or maybe they are converted through, you know, social or paid search, you know, there's, so a lot of um, tactics that can move someone to being a customer, but I think podcasting really does a phenomenal job at building that understanding and eventually the intent to become a customer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love the host-read aspect of podcast advertising and it's my sincere hope that we don't get too far away from host-read ads. I see as an industry that programmatic helps us in terms of scalability and reach and targeting. I get that there's a really important place for programmatic, but I, I do think that there is something so unique about Host Red ads. And I think you really hit the nail on the head. The reality is is that if you run on 10 different podcasts, even if you give them talking points with specific calls to actions and things, each ad is going to be unique and different. and you listen as as a listener, you listen differently to a host read ad than something that's been pre produced. And what we have to remember is that people like people who are like them. And when you listen to a podcast, obviously, there's a million different genres of podcasts. But when you're listening to a podcast, chances are you actually like the host and feel like you have something in common with them. And now they are speaking to you in a language that you understand, which is so much different than I just watched a produced ad for a, a brand that, yeah, maybe it's creating awareness. Maybe there's interest in there, but it doesn't touch me in the same way. So I I just think that there's so much power in that.
1: Yeah, I I completely agree. Um, and we we see it time and time again with results as well. I will say one really interesting factor is cost, like Mm. cost efficiency. We do buy a lot of either run of network podcasting or podcasting where we're targeting, you know, across a variety of shows into a specific audience or into a specific type of content. And we see that work really well. Also, you know, I, I, um, (laughs) maybe it sounds like we like to have our cake and eat it too, but I feel like they they both serve a purpose for sure. And we have seen the the cost and the CPM of that type of advertising come down quite a bit and become yeah. extremely competitive. And I mean,'m I'm, I'm a media buyer at heart. Anything works at the right price, right? So I think um, understanding how that fits into the equation as a supplement to those, you know, extremely curated personal, reads. It's it's definitely a both and Mm -hmm. um situation. And I think it will be very, very important for us to not lose sight uh, you know, of what works in this space and what the context is. And you know, for advertisers to understand that this isn't radio, it's not even streaming audio, and to come in and activate either programmatically or or not in host reads. There are still a lot of things you can do to make it fit appropriately to the space and and not impact like the listener experience in a negative way.
0: Yes, I totally agree. And that for me comes into the creative space, which when we're talking about host reads, one of the great parts about host reads is that there is no creative cost, right? And so there is, there's power in that. So we've got all of this uniqueness, no creative costs really, um, beyond just creating the talking points, but, when we look at programmatic ads or run of network that creative piece is so important and i still really think that it's being undervalued because making sure that your ad fits and and i think even fits within the genre you know you could take an ad and tweak it slightly so that as you're putting it out there for maybe one target you're going to use a different creative than a different target might just so that you really are speaking to that person. So how are you guys approaching creative? Is that something you guys do all in house?
1: We do have creative capabilities in house. Um, we also have a lot of clients who, who come to us with furnished, mm. creative, but mm-hmm. with podcasting and especially run of network buys, I am a huge advocate for utilizing the creative services of our media partners. Um, mm-hmm. They know their audience, they know their network of shows, they are more than happy to either help us craft the final product or even help script it. And I think until there's a really, really strong universal understanding of of, the the experience and, and the context in which the ad is going to run, Um, I don't, I don't consider that a nice to have. I'm like, we should absolutely be taking these companies up on this. Mm -hmm. And we even have some podcast partners who won't accept outside creative, even for a run of network buy. Mm -hmm. And I, I love that. I think Mm -hmm. that that that's really, really smart. Um, They're very fast. They make extremely high quality work and it's work that you know, they know better than anyone, how it's going to fit into their library of shows. So Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. And it's definitely something that we encourage our clients to do. We will always, you know, weigh in our clients. If our clients want to have a lot of say and how that comes together, they're welcome to, which is great. But I like putting a lot of that in the hands of, you know, the folks who really understand where it's going to run.
0: Yeah. I think that's so wise. We've been talking about a lot of the great things about podcast advertising, which is lots of fun to discuss. What are some of the challenges with podcast advertising that you see?
1: Yeah. You know, I, I think creative is a bit of a double-edged sword for sure. Mm. I will say it's come such a long way. I remember so many times um, you know, having to get clients comfortable with actually not hearing an ad before it runs, like that is almost hard. unheard of. <laughs> that, that is a pretty wild proposition for, yeah. for brands who are coming from, you know, the TV, uh, or radio or pretty much any other space out yes, there. It um, is. It's also for the most part, no longer the case today. I mean, we, we spend, um, have spent a lot of time kind of developing the ability to QA spots ahead of time, you know, work with our partners. We, the last thing we want to do is be overly prescriptive, but at the same time, you want to make sure nothing is wrong. They haven't done your don'ts. Um, and mm-hmm. you would ideally do that before, you know, the ad is out in the wild, <laughs> so to speak. Um, so I think that that is something that is definitely. Improving, but it has been, you know, a, a long time challenge. Mm-hmm. I also feel something that comes up a great deal for our clients is geotargeting. Mm. Um, it is so helpful now to be able to geotarget, you know, programmatically with a lot of run of network offerings. We have a lot of brands who are either only available in certain areas. Or they are actually constructing, you know, a test from like a measurement perspective right. that can only run in a certain market or a certain region, and being able to still include podcasting and especially host reads is something that is going to be really, really important. And I, I think that the ability to geotarget host reads is not talked about very much. Um, we have That's certain true. partners who can do it. We have certain partners who would, you know prefer not to do it, but, but, you know, in a pinch would be able to, and we have some who can't at all. And I think normalizing that piece of targeting among everything else is going to be really important because especially performance brands are, you know, taking a pretty hard look at like the the lift that these campaigns are are driving, and a lot of times that may come down to actually doing a geographic based campaign or a geo holdout campaign. And I I don't want to see podcasting lose out on that just over um you know capabilities. I I want podcasting to be able to stay in the mix.
0: Yeah, I think that part of our challenge at True Native with geo targeting host reads is just that prediction of how many impressions we're gonna be able to deliver within a specific area. And and for me, this comes to that technology piece where I still really believe that the technology in the space is underdeveloped. and, and, And part of it is really just creating tools where we can better understand where the audience is specifically and how and 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 also using hosting platforms that give us the ability to do that geotargeting the other thing that i know we've been working really hard at true native media to do a better job of is taking it and and i i feel like it's all part of just this evolution of the space but you know obviously you and i both started when it was like one ad read in one episode and it was host read or multiple ad reads maybe in one episode, but it was like, you know, this ad is in this episode and that's how it it sits. And you're gonna reach anybody who listens to this episode with this ad. Um, but now we're we're getting to a place where it's like, okay, we can deliver X number of impressions a month and just because we have four ad breaks, that doesn't mean all of those impressions need to go to four different advertisers, right? Like we can say, oh, hey, this advertiser is gonna get this many impressions, you know, in this time period, in this space, and this advertiser is gonna get these impressions. I think for the podcaster, it's just difficult because they're looking at it and they're like, hey, I've got this pie with four pieces and I need four advertisers to fill these pieces. So really, it's I, I think that it would be amazing if we could, as an industry, move more toward impression-based planning and instead of looking at it at more as these kind of solid pieces. I don't know. Is that Does that make sense to you?
1: it definitely does and you know coming from a background of streaming video i think that is it is a very clean way to think about that and it it also really helps i think with what you noted around you know projections and consumption because when we are buying true impression based media even with our streaming video partners you are paying for what delivers and how mm-hmm. it how it delivers and i i Don't want to discount the importance of being able to, you know, have an idea of what you're going to spend and how it's going, um, you know, to deliver. But I think there is an element of understanding and more consistency created when you can know that you are not going to pay a flat rate to be in a specific episode. And then, you know, hopefully it over delivers, but it may also under deliver. now you're in a position to, have to talk about make goods and continually trying to be able to squeeze max value out of that campaign. So I think as with a lot of my answers, there's kind of a time and place for all these types of buying, but I, I really am a big believer in the impression-based approach. You know, if there's not a specific episode or host or interview that you're trying to align with, then I like what it does for flexibility and how a campaign is delivered,
0: tracked paces and
1: ultimately gets built.
0: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that it's so bizarre to me that we we went from this embedded space to this dynamic space, which really is, in my opinion, going from that download to more of the impression base, but yet the industry didn't actually move to impressions. So it's like, oh, I've got this insertion order for 100,000 impressions to be delivered, and you're going to charge me 3,000 for that. And I'm like, couldn't we just use a CPM in there? Couldn't yeah. we just say like, Hey, we think we're we're estimating we're going to deliver somewhere between 80 and hundred, or maybe it's 80 and 120. I don't know. And, and to your point, like, of course we all need to plan. We don't want to think we're spending $10,000 and we're spending 2000 or think we're spending 10 and we're spending 15, right? Like we get that there needs to be a plan, but ultimately I think the industry really needs to move purely to an impression and CPM based model. For me, that seems like that makes so much more sense. And it seems odd to me that we're like several years into dynamic ad insertion and we still haven't done that. Does it sounds like you agree? I do agree. Yeah. I,
1: I would say impression based buying makes up, um, probably the majority of the way that we transact in podcasts with host reads and run of networks alike. Um, but I know that that, that may be the exception to the rule or that that's not particularly common. And a lot of it probably has to do with just our comfort in transacting that way and our familiarity with, um, you know, the pros of transacting that way, but I definitely think that there is room. Um, I do like that there are areas or times and places where you can, you know, dynamically insert into a specific episode or, mm-hmm, or sure. about in a specific mm-hmm. episode. Um, I think it's important to have that capability and know when to use it, but I think impression based is, you know, a more universally beneficial approach, you know, for most cases.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see where the industry gets to on that. <laughs> All we can do is just, just, uh, sit back sometimes and and watch it and then have conversations like this, right. To hopefully, um, impact the way things move forward. Um, and I guess on that note, what are some predictions you have for the industry? Where do you think that the podcast ad space is going?
1: Yeah. You know, I think something that I have been seeing in other channels that I, I think will become a bigger factor in, podcasting, and this probably comes from my comment about geography, is the idea of dynamic creative optimization and actually serving up several, you know, potentially even hundreds of variations of creative to people depending on a lot of different contextual cues. I think that that does a great deal to alleviate the concern that maybe someone would hear the same ad over and over, they would hear an ad that isn't relevant to them or just sounds the same or it's mm-hmm. not, you know, it doesn't quite fit. I love the idea of, you know, someone hearing an ad because it's sunny where they are and it's rainy where someone else is. And the ad sounds different and is maybe explaining why the product is a great solution. If you don't want to leave your home versus if you do, I think there's so many you know, weather is just one example, there's so much interesting space to play there. And as you, you know, pointed out, like the importance and relevance to you personally is what's really going to move the needle. So I think dynamic creative optimization is one that I would optimistically hope is going to become, you know, more in this space. Yes. Love that. Um, and then something that I, I am watching is, you know, the idea of ad supported platforms versus paid subscriptions and, and premium content. It is obviously so um, prevalent. It is a really, really interesting way for, for podcast hosts to engage with their audience and make content available to them without ads or behind a paywall. Um, I, if I had to make a big, bold prediction based on what I've seen in streaming video, I think this will all eventually come back to ad supported listening. Um, I agree. Yeah. We, we've seen the subscription VOD model in Netflix, Apple TV, Disney plus HBO. Guess what? They all have ads now. (laughs) People have, voiced and, and shown to prefer ads for free or for a low cost as opposed to the alternative. And so this is one, I'm just curious to see where, where it goes. I I'm certainly not a proponent for not having those types of offerings, but I think there's certainly a history that may be repeated that we've seen in,
0: in similar channels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and to your point People have proven that they would prefer to see ads than pay more. And so, if that's the case, then that's what podcasts are, you know, that's what podcasts are going to be. And for me, I have not ever paid for podcasts. And so why would I want to? And and I also do think that there is something different in listener support, right? I really like you, I really agree with your mission. I really agree with the content that you're creating. I wanna support you, but I feel like that is a very different act than I wanna pay for the the right to consume your, pot, your product or your podcast, right? And so um, I do think ad support is really important and what i try to also remind people is that we all buy stuff all the time right we live in a a world where that consumer piece is really what moves the whole mechanism forward we want to hear ads about products that we think are going to be great for ourselves or you know friends and family members and so there's nothing wrong with that as long as we execute it in the right way and that goes back to your other prediction with that you know, dynamic creative insertion and that ability to target people with the right message where they're at at that moment. Yeah. So, Well, Shasta, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate all of your insights. Like I said, I'm just super fascinating. It's great to talk to somebody that has such a depth of experience working not only with podcasting, but with so many other advertising vehicles. So thank you for coming on the show today.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's been great. And so good talking to you.
0: If people want to reach out to you, where is a good place for them to connect with you?
1: Yeah. LinkedIn is definitely a great place to find me. Shasta Cafferelli on LinkedIn. There are probably no other Shasta Cafferellis. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I, I don't think you'll have a hard time finding me. Um, and Tenuity's website is T-I-N-U-I-T-I.com. If you'd like to learn more. Terrific.
0: Thank you so much. Thanks, Heather. Thank you for listening to the show. I hope that you have enjoyed this conversation as much as I have. And if you're interested in learning more about podcast advertising, please continue to listen to the show, but you can also head on over to my YouTube channel and check out all of the great videos that we have for you there. Thanks, and we'll catch you again next time. Thank you for listening to the Podcast to Advertising Playbook, your source to a better understanding of the podcast advertising industry.